are now on the James Exchange third episode of the series on the James River. And today, I am with Amber Ellis of James River Association. And I actually met Amber back in 2012 at the very first James River Association River Rats training. And I may still have my manual. <laughs> anyway, that was a wonderful program. Lots of people signed up for it. I don't know the status in Scottsville with that right now. But anyway, Amber is here, and we are not going to talk about the river rats. We are going to talk about riparian buffers. Hello, Amber. Hi, Nancy. <laughs> How's everything today? Great. I'm happy to be sitting at your dining room table. I think, what was it, three or four years ago, you started this project with a pretty significant grant and in partnership with uh, the Forestry Department. So tell us how it all came about and what you're doing. Yeah, well, so that everybody knows what we're talking about, what is a riparian buffer? If you sit back and imagine yourself under a tree, along the James, that's a riparian forest buffer. It's that vegetation along any waterway, creek, lake, river, and they are a powerhouse when it comes to water quality for the James River. They filter pollutants from runoff from upland. They provide wildlife habitat and shelter. They stabilize your banks and they provide cool water. So a lot of fish depend on cool streams and it helps provide shade for them. And they're awesome for humans. We love them. We started off with the James River and the riverbank, but riparian buffers are also on the many, many, many tributaries that lead to the James. Yes, and those are very important to make sure that we have covered in vegetation. In 2019, we received a grant from the Virginia Environmental Endowment through their James River Water Quality Improvement Program. It was a big one for us. It was over a million dollars. I had never gotten a grant that large for the organization. So it caused big ripples, <laughs> big, <laughs> wonderful ripples for us. Lots of water ripples. Lots of water. Yeah, so that was in 2019. And Department of Forestry also got a grant from them that same year to also start this program with us. So it was a partnership program from the very beginning. Basically, Central Virginia. So the James River Buffer Program, when it first started, was just the Middle James Watershed. And that is... Oh, now you're going to quiz me. So, like, think Amherst area up there near Lynchburg all the way to Richmond and all the counties in between. So Albemarle, Nelson, Fluvanna, Buckingham, all the ones around Scottsville are in the Middle James Watershed. So that's where it started. But in 2021, the program was such a success that Chesapeake Bay Foundation applied for a grant through Virginia Environmental Endowment and we were able to expand it into the Upper James, so into the mountains. The office here in Scottsville, Mm -hmm. you had that basically for this project. Yep, the grant allowed us to open up a field office. Yep. With the Upper James now involved, are you still using the same office or did you get a second one there? So since, again, it's all about partnerships. So JRA sort of serves as the coordinator of the program, but any nonprofit or other group can run and administer the program. So CBF runs that in the Upper James with their own staff. 
um, and their own support. And CBF is? Chesapeake Bay Foundation. So they were able to add a person upriver to serve that role. I know that you have one very enthusiastic participant in this area. Tony. Tony. Polero. Yes. Uh How many trees have you planted? (laughs) Tony, if you're listening, how many trees have we planted? We actually, in his project, he, oh, I wish I knew the exact date. So my first project, my first larger buffer project was at Tony's um, back in 2018. So before this program even started, we sort of did a small pilot. And so we planted one then. And then I think almost every year he's applied for different parts of his farm. And once I got to know him, I realized that James River Association Planet worked with him to install a buffer years before I even started there, like in the early 2000s. Tony's the busy guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's what... I, I asked him, if you ride by Edgemont, check out the trees. They look beautiful. And I asked him his secret. Guess what he said? Leave them alone. He talks to them. He talks to them. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're wondering how to maintain your forest buffer, just go talk to the trees. I know that people driving along the many roads where these trees have been planted, there are the kind of like, what are they, about two and a half, three feet high, greenish kind of cylinders. So they are your buffer plants. Yeah, they come in two feet, four feet. People who have really bad deer browsing could be up to five feet shelters. So they're tree shelters. So when we install these, we're using bare root seedlings, real tiny, like maybe two-year-old trees. So they're teeny tiny. And they need a little protection from the weather, the critters. And so those tree shelters, those weird green tubes you see, are almost like a small little uh, greenhouse for them. So they protect them from deer, voles. They provide a little longer growing season, sort of earlier in the spring they get warmer, faster, and then they stay a little warmer later into the fall. What else goes into this riparian buffer project? And so what's awesome about the buffer program is that thanks to the grant funding, we provide 100% of the cost for everything. Um, So what goes into it is either our staff member or one of our partner staff from forestry or CBF goes out, does a site visit, does a design, and then we work with the landowner to figure out what site preparation might need to happen beforehand. So it might be mowing before or treating some invasive plant species. And we work with a contractor to help with most of that. The invasive. Yep. So what is the worst invasive that you've run across in this project? Some of the most challenging are the shrubby invasives, like uh, Chinese privet is probably what we find the most down here. Um, Upper James, they see a lot of autumn olive as well. What's that? Another shrub. You'll see the underleaf of it is kind of silvery. Okay. So if you're driving in the mountains and you see a ton of like silvery foliage when the wind's blowing, that's all. Be alert when you're driving along the upper James. <laughs> we have some down here too, but it becomes much more prevalent enough there. I'm going to now back off a little bit from this project because you've also been instrumental in the town of Scottsville in three different areas. One, you planted behind the brewery in the beer garden. I think that was the first project you did here. Yeah, so we were doing buffers a long time before it was before this program, because that, I think, was 2014. It was a while ago. Maybe, yeah. We did a small buffer behind the brewery. And then you did one 
if you go behind Doug's Maytag, where the Van Cleef Nature Area starts mm-hmm. back there, you also planted quite a few trees there. Yep. And then the one that people will not, probably cannot believe we did anything with. It's so challenging. Is that creek right behind... Exxon. Exxon, downtown, on Valley and... East Main. And that one is challenging. It seems that no matter what anybody does. The challenge there is maintenance of invasive plants, which gets to part of the buffer program too. So that is, you can see there's some natives that we planted underneath a lot of that that's growing. But yeah, there's struggles. Johnson grass is over there. I think there might be another mimosa tree growing. There is. Yeah, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. And it's very steep. It, exactly. So it's hard to engage volunteers in that space safely. Talking about maintenance, so the buffer program, we cover the install. So mostly contractors, but we do use volunteers. But the big thing is we help with three years of establishment support because it's really those first three years that it takes to really get something growing. So that's why Tony keeps coming back. So he keeps adding on to his three well, years. Well, yeah, and if we're there <laughs> hanging out, taking care of the first one, you might as or the third one, you might as well check on the first one while you're there. Yeah, the first three years, it takes them to get going. Our uh, Anne-Marie, one of our core people in the program, my colleague, she says the first, I think it's sleep, creep, and leap. So year one, not going to see much growth, although the sycamores like to grow no matter what. And then the next year you might see them creep. And that third year they should really be popping out of those tree shelters. Doesn't mean you don't have any maintenance to do, but we're at least there to support them in the first three critical years where we help remove any competitive vegetation around the tree, uh, help treat invasive plants that might be coming in, and help replant anything that might not have made it for whatever reason. Can you tell us how many trees you've planted, where you've planted them, when you first started this particular riparian buffer project. Yep, so JRA alone, since 2019, we've planted 245 acres. I have the exact stat in front of me. 78,616 trees, and that's been across 88 different projects. So you can imagine most sites It's a sliver of an area, so the program requires at least 35 foot width from the stream bank to the edge. And so it takes a while to add up acres. 88 projects, 245 acres. And since it's a partnership program, um, Department of Forestry has been installing these and uh, Chesapeake Bay Foundation. So the total acres we've installed collectively is 662, and that's 253,886 trees across 162 projects. So thank you 162 landowners out there who have joined us in this effort. What other stats? So you, which counties would you be most interested in? Albemarle, Buckingham, and Fluvanna. Got it. So Albemarle is by far where we've had the most, and I will give a big shout out to our partners at Thomas Jefferson Soil and Water Conservation District. They were with us from the beginning and have really helped get the word out about the program. Albemarle, 156 acres collectively across us and our partners, 57 projects. Fluvanna, 23 acres across four projects, so some larger projects there. And Buckingham County, 67 acres across nine different project sites. Do you need more help in those two counties or? Yeah, yeah, help getting the word out. It's slowly, we've, 
We've found that word of mouth is how it's spreading the best. So as soon as you get a few projects going in in a county, it starts to, they start to tell their neighbor or they tell their friend. Or somebody drives by and sees these really yep. weird green cylinders. Yeah, if you know anyone, please have them apply. So to apply, you can just go to jamesriverbuffers.org. And it's pretty simple. You can see the map on there to see if you're in an eligible area. Anything else? If you don't have property along the water, but you still want to get involved in the program in some way, we do, uh, we mostly use contractors to install them, but we do engage volunteers throughout the year too. You can still visit that same website to find more information. Just go to the volunteer part so you can lend a hand and help us plant trees. We'll be doing that usually in November, December, and then March and April. And if you want to become even more involved as a volunteer, we have our riparian stewards who help us go out and check on some of these projects, do survival checks, take care of the trees. So we're always looking for hands to help with that too. So James River Association, let me see if I have my dates right. 1974? 76. The complete James River, which is 434 miles. Is that how long it is? Oh, I should know this. It is 348 miles. What did I say? I, I had said 400, 434. Oh, I made it much longer than it is. And it's 10,000 miles of tributaries. You have a lot of work to do. It is a lot of work. Any parting wisdom for people who may want to get involved with the James River Association? Uh, I guess thinking about uh, ways that you want to become involved that works best for your lifestyle, whether it's if you have some time and you want to get out and volunteer, you're welcome to join us. We have water quality monitoring. We have planting trees. We have our River Reps program where you can get involved in our advocacy efforts. You can always, we're a nonprofit, so you can always make a donation and help just spread the word about our programs, whether it's about our education work with middle school and high school students or our restoration efforts, just helping us spread the word to those in your community would be a huge help. Some other things coming up in Buffer World uh, near Scottsville on October 20th, uh, we're doing our fourth annual Buffer Summit. It's going to be at Wild Rock in Crozet. Um, nine to noon is more presentation style. And then the afternoon we have um, different field outdoor activities from stream walks, bird walks, an ecotherapy session, and we've got music uh, at 3.30 from Holy River, uh, a little duo out of Richmond. So there's that, and then if you already have a buffer and you're wondering how to take care of it, we are doing a workshop in Earliesville on September 21st from five to seven on just helping people know kind of what they can do to be tending their new buffer. Lots of opportunity mm -hmm. for people who like to be outdoors, like to be near the water, mm -hmm. like to plant trees, mm -hmm. like to basically do some maintenance. And also, I, I know I haven't done river rat activity for quite a while, but I would walk from the bridge down here, the Mink Creek, and actually go under the Victory Hall Theater mm -hmm. and all the way up to the pond off Pat Dennis Road. Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely beautiful. And I was really happy to report there was next to no litter. That's wonderful. Yeah. So anyway, be a river rat. <laughs> Anything else? Thanks, Nancy, for yeah. always spreading the word about all the good things happening in and around Scottsville. Hey, 
It's my pleasure. <laughs> thank you so much for coming by today. All right, thanks. And also thanks for petting my dog. <laughs> As always, if you have a song, an issue, a story, or you just want to have a conversation, contact me. And again, I want to thank Will Smith for the introductory music to this podcast. He and Will Cash operate the James River Tour Company.